Robins at the Gate with Sky Sports and Five Lives Michelle Owen. Proudly sponsored by Mansion Bet, your favourite place to bet. Get £20 in free bets when you join today and bet £10 on any sport. Always bet on red with Mansion Bet. New customers only. Minimum first bet of £10 at odds of evens or greater from a UK debit card. For £5 free bets valid for seven days. Full terms at mansionbet.com. 18 plus. Be gamble aware. Welcome along to Robins at the Gate with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. Oh, it, it doesn't feel like a positive podcast this week, but we'll try and find some positivity in amongst the gloom from the seven side derby defeat. Got a fan review coming up for you. We'll talk about what we think went wrong. We'll talk about the debuts in midfield and the left-back position, what Dean Holden said after the game. Uh, also looking ahead to Sheffield United in the FA Cup this week, plus Watford at the weekend. And Gregor will bring us up to date too with the injury news. Um, Gregor, welcome along. Uh, are you all good? Apart from it being absolutely freezing, is all well with you? I'm good, yeah. I actually thought, well, a week ago, I started putting away my winter clothing, thinking that what? we might be set for warmer climbs. It was quite warm down at the Brentford Community Stadium, but uh, yeah, maybe I'm, I've been a bit bit premature there because I think I'll need them all for Sheffield United this week, that's for sure. Look, I know lockdown's been hard, but you're losing your mind if you're putting your thermals away already. Um, look, let's get into what happened on Saturday. Uh, Luke got in touch with us. He wanted to do a fan review on what happened on Saturday. And we've welcomed these through the season. So if you'd like to do one, just tweet us, Robin's at the gate. Um, Luke's Twitter is one tweet in Bristol, O tweet IB. And here is what Luke had to say about the game. Wow, that was a bad performance. I think I've lost count how many times this year I've said that's the worst I've ever seen in a Bristol City performance. But today I can confirm that is definitely the worst I've ever seen. On a quick side note, the referee was absolutely woeful and I never want to see him down Ashton Gate again. But we deserved everything we got. We played into Cardiff's hands so easily. We were woeful. Pumping balls down the middle into a defender in Aidan Flint who was just going to head them back all day long. Such unintelligent play, giving away free kicks and corners galore, letting them have as many chances as they can. We didn't even impose ourselves. It's a home game and we didn't impose ourselves. It was woeful from every avenue you look look from. Unfortunately, I've always been a holding in fan, but I'm starting to think this might not be the path we need to be taking. I'm sorry to say, but that could be the straw that broke the camel's butt. So that's Luke who has submitted his 60-second fan review there. Okay, there's a, there's a lot to digest there, but overall, I don't think he's far off. We'll come on to the Dean Holden point a bit later on. But yeah, let's start with the performance, Gregor. I mean, where do we start with what went wrong? From the off, Cardiff City just knew what they were doing, knew to come right down, as I said in my reports, they were coming down Bristol City's left the whole time. They knew Mariapa was a weak link. They saw it against Brentford. It happened again. And that's another question raised, isn't it? What are they going to do about that left-back position? I asked about Mariapa after the game, but Dean Holden, you know, he's a decent guy. He won't throw anyone under the bus, so to speak, and and praised him for being a top professional, but he knows that Mariapa isn't good enough in that position. Also, there's the question, I'm asking you a lot here, but also there's the question of mm. having two midfield debuts that we'll come on to as well. So, so let's start with the game itself. They just, like Luke said, played into Cardiff, Cardiff's hands. Really naive, I thought. Yeah, that was probably the most infuriating thing, wasn't it? That it? Once again, it was just so predictable the way it would play out. It was like the 
Preston game before Christmas when uh, basically there was a fan who predicted the exact scoreline and, and that Daniel Johnson would score a penalty. But that was no huge reach because we could all see that as well. And it's happened again here. And that's the problem. It's happened a few too many times now. And yeah, I, the start of the game is is so, so important. And speaking to Jack Hunt recently, and this is something that he recognised, he, he said that the, whoever scores the first goal so, so often wins the game at championship level, more so yeah. than, 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 than the top tier, actually. Uh, probably because the quality of players isn't quite so high enough to get back into games. So first goal is absolutely crucial and how, and how you start. And I was re-watching the game actually last night and... Straight from the off, nothing um, that you wouldn't expect from Cardiff. They pumped it long. Mm-hmm. But from then on, City just couldn't escape their half. But they just gave away stupid possession. And from that very first pump down the pitch, actually, Hunt it is, who, who smashes it out for a throw-in, which immediately gives a Cardiff a throw. Piece. They love it. They love a yeah, long throw, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and it, it didn't improve really from there. And why not actually get the ball down, try and play? Because, OK, say you lose it there then then arguably they're worse with the ball at their feet in certain positions than than having set pieces so yeah, yeah it was just so as as Luke says there I mean I don't have too much more to add to no, what he no. said really but he's spot on that it was just there was it was tough to see what the game plan was because it obviously didn't have any effect and I completely agree with him I don't think uh, referee Darren England had a good game he was very mm. frustrating as well he sort of seemed to penalise the team at times who was trying to play football mm-hmm. uh, rather than the team who was <laughs> who was maybe not going to say going and, down easily but yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But being fouled and being caught and a lot of going down, yeah. wasn't there? I mean, we must we must give give our best to Alex Smithies. That was really horrible to see, and no insinuation or anything with that. That was really nasty. We still I don't really know what the official word is on, on what happened, but anyone watching would have seen that Alex Smithies went down, uh, hadn't touched the ball. Bristol City won a free kick yeah. went to Cardiff's half he went and sat by the goal apparently he was very sick uh, he had his blood pressure taken they did the oximeter thing on his finger and when I spoke to Mick McCarthy he said you know as far as he knows it was some sort of illness and he was still in the physio room so we wish Alex Smithies yeah. all the best but yeah apart from that very serious incident there was a lot of going down from Cardiff City some might say quite easily but it's a big game, Gregor, to have two debuts in midfield. Did Dean Holden really need to do that? Because I thought at times Henry Lansbury's passing through the lines was was nice and good to see. You know, he'd be in Bristol City's um, own half, like back in the final third, and he managed to play some nice balls, finding space. But then again, I saw him pass it out to the billboards at one point, which was just <laughs> oh, shocking. Yeah. And then, I don't know, Joe Williams, he, naturally, he hasn't played for so long. He just looked a bit off it. It's, it's a big ask to throw them in like that. I don't think this was the right game for them. It was a huge boost to see them out on the pitch. And I do wonder a little bit whether it, it kind of was about getting these guys on the pitch and showing maybe that looking at the bigger picture and saying, look, these guys are back, they're fit. Mm. Let's um, get a get the fans behind us and, and, and build confidence. But then you've, you've wasted it all by putting in a performance like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can completely agree. I don't think this was the match to throw them in at all. It hasn't worked whatsoever. Why, why dispense with other guys who, who've been doing well recently, Zach Viner and um, Tyreek Backinson as well. Yeah. So I, I understand that they need to rotate because it's, I think it's something like 10 games straight that they're playing at the moment, back to back, 
every three days. So yes, they do need the fresh legs in there. They do did need to bring these guys in at some point, but wouldn't it made more sense to bring them off the bench later on in the game, perhaps? Yeah, spot on, and, spot on. Uh, and maybe keep it tight early on. So massive gamble. It's not paid off at all. No. And they look like yeah, strangers to me in the midfield. They didn't look like they yeah. played together. Like, you know, like Luke said, balls being pumped forward. There's just a massive hole in the midfield when that happens, isn't there? So I I agree with you, Gregor. You would have thought that maybe maybe you'd have started Lansbury and had Williams on the bench. I'm I'm one of them, but both seemed a big too much. A, yeah, a yeah. big gamble. But what what can Dean Hold and his coaching staff do about the left back position? You know, they haven't been back to get a left back. Surely when the window was closed and they knew the extent of the problem. And now they're left with respect, Adrian Mariapa, who's a square peg in a round hole. But even when he's playing in his own position, to me, he hasn't really looked up to the pace of the championship this season. I I, I don't know what to say about that left-back position, you know. Well, I was chatting to some people in the press box who said, oh, maybe you could play wing-back. So I said, okay, so you're going to play Antoine Semenyo, left wing-back, are you? That's the only other alternative mm. I can see. So mm. what, what else okay. can, can he do there? Yeah, you're right. It's, it's a weakness. Uh, Mick McCarthy said after the game that basically he he was obviously at the Brentford game. Um, he was sat near us actually there. So he, he saw that all three goals at Brentford came down the left-hand side and he was specifically asked about that. And he admitted that they did target that area. They thought that was somewhere they, they could get joy. And yeah, it's a weakness that Bristol City have, have got to try and find a way of, of covering up. And I, I agree, unfortunately, I... I don't like to criticise the players too much, but I, I just don't see, for me, what Mariapa has added at all. And OK, he's an experienced guy. I know they've talked about his character and his help off the pitch. And maybe that is something. But he's another one of these mm. guys who's come in um, and it was a short-term contract initially. But on the pitch, look at what he's do- doing on the pitch. It's not enough. He wasn't <laughs> doing enough at right back. I'm sorry. Um, I agree. He reminds me of... It reminds me of Adam Matthews um, from a, a couple of seasons ago in that he's very statuesque as a right-back. He doesn't get forward at all. There was there were times where he could have got forward on Saturday. He got the ball out from Mawson and instead of moving forward, he stayed there and just played a safe pass backwards and it just killed any momentum at times in attack. Um, and, and yeah, it just didn't work. Uh, he wasn't close enough, unfortunately, to Ojo to stop that cross for the vital second goal. Uh, as as we said, the goals came down his flank <coughs> against um, Brentford. And I'm sure he does offer something, as I say, off the pitch and maybe as a third-choice right-back. But he, but City have got to look for something else at left-back. It, it didn't work at all. I, I wonder if maybe someone, even someone like Taylor Moore, could just fill in there. Because at least with Moore, what you'll get is two other things that Mariapa couldn't have provided there. He, he would have been a bit better in the air. And, of course, that would have been a benefit against Cardiff. And we've seen so many times... Teams, um, I, I hate to say, to reference this, but if you think of Tony Pulis' teams, they quite often have like almost three or four centre backs across there. Yeah. So why can't why can't City consider doing something for this one game? Well, where you know you're going to be under the cosh airily. Um, yeah, and he more did come on later on, but he he can also run with the ball. He'll carry the ball. He can forward. step out. Yep. Just, he's not afraid exactly, to do that. Exactly. And I know I know he's prone to errors at, at times, but it's better to have an error error in a wider area arguably absolutely what, absolutely. what are they going to do they're going to get a free agent because I asked and there didn't really seem to be a, an easy answer no they're, they're not as we said last week our understanding is that basically they decided in the last January window and and I believe that actually from the, the coaching team and all the way up the club that they wanted to bring in a left back it was recommended um, that they did bring in a left back 
However, it was ultimately a decision right at the very top, i.e. from the Lansdowns, that, that they decided they weren't going to spend any more money. They've already got five or six left backs on the books. They're going to go with what they've got at the moment. And I suppose bigger picture, we might revisit this and, and it might only be for a couple of games and, and say like George Nurse comes back in a couple of weeks, does well out there, then, then maybe it might be the right decision. But right now, it's costing points and performances in games like this. Yeah. And yeah they're going to have to find another solution. I think we're both sort of in agreement, you know, personally, that maybe the coaching staff on reflection might think that, that midfield selection was, was a problem on Saturday. Didn't quite get that one right. And like you said, I'm not sure what the game plan was either. And uh, The forwards had scraps to, to feed off. Um, left back, I, I massively sympathise with them over that. And I'm sure they must be frustrated. Saw a great tweet yesterday from Ryan. I uh, want to give him credit for this, RJWBCFC. And he drew up a spreadsheet to try and show the extent of Bristol City's injury crisis this season. And out of 33 games, including Cups, 25 of those have been played with over seven recognised first-team players injured. It's hard for Dean Holden at the moment, isn't it? He said it's a turning point, that loss against Cardiff. And I said, yeah, but how? What do you mean? Um, and he said they have to respond. But... Do you feel that his opportunity as head coach is really being tarnished by all these injuries? Yes, I, I do. I think he's effectively managing with one hand tied behind his back because you take out almost half the squad and anyone is going to be is going to find it difficult. Every team has got injuries, yes, but not to this extent. Are there questions for Bristol City on injuries? Yes, absolutely. We've discussed this at length, haven't we, over the last few weeks. It's an ongoing thing. I asked Dean Holden about this on Friday. What's the latest? Where are the club at? Reviewing why they've had so many injuries. And basically he said that's an ongoing uh, review in, going on behind the scenes at the club. He said they wouldn't brush it under the carpet. They would look at everything. They they would look at how they could improve and, and, and why these injuries are taking place. But there are no conclusions just yet. So that's something we're going to have to keep asking the club about and, and, and looking at and and they need to get this right. But yeah, it's definitely going to have an effect on his team selections and formations. The only thing I would say is that I do think that there are questions of Dean Holden at the moment, yes. Because, and as you said there, Michelle, it, it's just too tough to see what the game plan is. And, and too often we're seeing um, these performances where everybody kind of knows what's going to happen. And yet Bristol City can't do anything to, to stem the flow of either um, fouls or, or aerial play or whatever it is. Whatever the opposition's game plan is, it doesn't seem City can find a way of stopping that. And, and leading into that, I, I, I just wonder whether the constant tinkering of team selection, the change of formation, the change of game plan week to week, that has got to be all feeding into this. And when Dean Holden started, he said he he wasn't going to, he was going to keep a settled selection. He made that very clear. He thought there was too much chopping and changing last year. He didn't obviously mention Lee Johnson specifically, but we can read between the lines and, and work out that, that that was one thing that they thought that they could improve on from last season. But that's not the case at the moment. It's, it, it all feels very much like last season in some ways because they, they just seem to be, changing everything from game to game. I think they need some stability. They need some consistency. We still don't know what his best 11 is, which is crazy. Like eight, <laughs> no, eight months no. down the line. It's hard so, though. It's hard when he hasn't got yeah. the players to check what his best 11 is, to be fair. But yeah, I I, I completely hear what you're saying. Um, hard to know your best 11 when 
most of them aren't fit. So, but yeah, true, uh, just bef- just before we move on, um, we had a, had a lot of tweets um, about the game. Mark said Holden's been a rabbit in the headlights for months, and the two youth team managers supporting him don't appear to be able to assist the total novice head coach. Surprise, surprise. Zane said, "I feel for Holden with the injuries." but we look like a team without a plan for a long time now. Um, and Ad said, I feel for Holden, hashtag Ashton out. There's a lot of things about Mark Ashton at the moment. And Andy said, injuries aren't an excuse. We've gone backwards. The football is, I'll have to say, rubbish and embarrassing. Uh, they're just a few from Twitter. If you want to tweet us, we're Robins at the Gate. Right, coming up after the break, we're going to look ahead to Sheffield United, see what we think might happen in that game. Also preview Watford as well. Robins at the Gate. Proudly sponsored by Mansion Bet, your favourite place to bet. Silvercare are looking for people of all ages and backgrounds who care. This could be you or someone you know. Rated outstanding by CQC, Silvercare are a family-run care organisation supporting adults with learning disabilities within supported living and in the community across Bristol and South Gloucestershire. Full training is provided along with other career development opportunities and an ever-growing portfolio of staff perks focused on well-being. Get in touch today via our website or search Silvercare on Facebook. Robins at the Gate with Michelle Owen. Proudly sponsored by Mansion Bet, your favourite place to bet. Yeah, Mansion Bet are our sponsor and they've got a price boost for you against Sheffield United. Bristol City to win 1 0, 2 0, 2 1 was 4 to 1, uh, is now 9 to 2. Um, Bristol City to score in both halves, if you're feeling optimistic, was 5 to 1, now 13 to 2. Uh, if you want to get involved with that, have a look at Mansion Bet online. So, Gregor Sheffield United uh, had a little bit of a resurgence le- lately, but uh, lost at the weekend. You think Bristol City can get anything from this? Because let's be honest, Sheffield United are soon to be a championship team. <laughs> yeah, it does look that way. I watched a bit of their game against Chelsea yesterday, actually, just to keep an eye on the opposition and. I have to say, they were in that game and the difference was the quality in players, especially in the forward areas, maybe a couple of decisions as well. Timo Werner brought down by uh, Ramsdale, the goalkeeper, and that that decision possibly could have gone the other way. Might have been a bit harsh. I just wonder with this game whether Sheffield United might rotate the, the squad a little bit. On the other hand, we're getting to that stage of the season where they might just go for it, especially with their league position looking so dire and not having too much to lose. I think if they go full strength, I think unfortunately Sheffield United will be too strong and will go through there. But I think if they make a few changes, and they might well do that because they look to, it looked like they rotated last night against Chelsea. So it looks like they're rotating game to game as well at the moment. Mm. I think given that City will do the same, and they actually might be a little bit stronger for that because I think they'll have a few players who might come in and have done all right recently. The likes of, Casey Palmer and, and and some of the other guys, Zach Viner back in, then then maybe City might just be a little bit better for that. And they've actually had a good record, haven't they, of late up at the Blades? Well, well they won the last visit there, didn't they, when Sheffield United were promoted. So I just wonder if City might have a... I'm not saying they're going to win, and, but we all know that this is a cup, anything can happen, one-off game. I just wonder... I, I expect them to give a good account of themselves. I think we, we'll see a reaction from this weekend. But ultimately, it probably won't be enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they've got the quality, like you say, to maybe make a mark in that game. And 
When you look at the championship now and you look ahead to Watford at the weekend, I think your prediction, Gregor, as much as I maybe chastised you for being pessimistic, might be becoming true. <laughs> because to my eye, you know, Bristol City very much looking like a mid-table side at the moment. Uh, now six points off the playoffs. And in fact, might want to look over their shoulder a little bit as well if teams below them start picking up, although they've still got quite a cushion. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because unless they go on some incredible run, and bear in mind they've barely scored more than two games. Have they, I don't think they've scored more than two games at, uh, goals a game all season. Just, just can't see it happening when you look at the fixtures they've got ahead too. Obviously in the Championship, cliched as it is, there's, there's no easy fixture. And even though Watford are unpredictable on Saturday, they've then got to face Reading at home. So two really tough fixtures. Do you worry a little bit for Dean Holden if they were to lose those games? Or do you think the board can see the bigger picture? Because the bigger picture that the more optimistic fan might say is, look, you know, we're te- there's a global pandemic. The club is financially stable. We are at the moment a top half championship side. A few years ago, playing in... League One. And I know some fans listening will remember when the club almost didn't exist if you go back even further. So it's not all doom and gloom, but in the immediate future, what do you think is going to happen? I don't, I don't think there'll be anything happening in the immediate future. I think, as you say there, I think the club are looking towards the longer term. I think they will recognise that basically Dean Holden has had these injuries to contend with and and not just that it's it's also that this is such an extraordinary season and, and it affects everything going on in the background City as the club has explained previously are in the process of moving training ground and just to go back to sort of one of your points that you were making before about the England assistance and helping Dean Holden this is part of the problem that the, the season is so congested that it's game to game when do they train? get that yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. They, they don't get time train. to work on the co- exactly. They don't get that time to work on the coaching um, ground. And I actually thought that was a big factor at the weekend with the Cardiff game as well. That Cardiff looked like they had that game plan. They'd been well drilled. You can imagine TC and Mick McCarthy working on them all week. Exactly patterns of play, how they're going to shut down Bristol City, where the weaknesses are, and they they fully exacted that. And Bristol City obviously were coming off the back of another away game at Brentford. When do they get to work on these things? It, these little things, they do make a difference. So I do think um, Bristol City will take a, a, a longer, a wider view of it. Although saying that, if City keep losing and it gets to the point where we have to say, well, maybe Dean Holden has not lost the dressing room, but he just hasn't got the confidence of the players, then that would change things. Now, I'm not, that, we're nowhere near that at the moment. Mm. But if results keep going the wrong way, then, then, then we could approach that. So I don't think you can rule anything out. It's, this is football and there's always pressure and you, it's always results-led, isn't it? I do think, though, that this is a crucial game coming up against Watford. And I think this is a match that could be crucial for both head coaches at Watford as well. Obviously, they, they changed manager. They've not had the greatest results recently. Obviously, two draws and a loss in the last three games. They lost at home to QPR. I think... If they can lose at home to QPR, they can lose at home to Bristol City. So mm. I think I think I, I don't rule out Bristol City getting something there. And I, I do think there is a, a spirit in the city camp still. Um, and I do think at some point they'll probably they'll probably nick a win there and that'll be good enough for to for to keep Dean Holden going for the moment. Mm. So yeah, 
I think this is an absolutely crucial game coming up. It's it's some big targets that the board set out at the start of the season. You know, they wanted I think they wanted the playoffs, really, didn't they? And they wanted their sights on promotion, but the truth is that they're nowhere near that. Do they have to take some responsibility for that too? Because if you're like you say, Dean Holden does pretty much have one hand behind his back. He doesn't have a left back right now, and he hasn't been helped with that when he maybe arguably could be. We don't know the ins and outs, what goes on behind the scenes, but could the board be doing more to support him right now? Definitely. I mean, they could have, well, they could have brought in a left back last last month. I'm sorry, yeah, in January. Uh, we called for them to strengthen the squad. They could have they could have really gone for it, shown some ambition there. And they are I mean, they the club released their accounts recently. You've got to factor that in. It was a ten million pound loss. Every year the Steve Lansdowne props the club up spending some five to six million pounds of his own money keeping Bristol City running. They don't make enough money essentially to be able to do what they want to do and, and, and sustain the level of wages of the players, etc. That they've got. However, they are in a good position as regards financial fair play. So there was a little bit of wriggle, wiggle room um, if they wanted to bring in a player and really go for it, which arguably might have been morally wrong because of everything that's happening in the league and the world at the moment. And maybe we do just have to step back and, and take all of that into account. But yeah, certainly all across the board. And, and I think the injuries are related to this. I mean, when you buy a player, you look at their injury record, you look at their minutes played, you look at how often do they get out on the pitch. There's no doubt that some players uh, that they've brought in have unfortunately had injury problems in the past. And you need to factor that in. So, yeah, there's definitely questions of Dean Holden. There's questions of the club. There's questions of Mark Ashton. I mean, he um, is responsible for re- recruiting and upgrading the uh, medical department that happened in 2000, the summer of 2018. He brought in Andy Rolls and Andrew Proctor then. They lost Steve Allen. And obviously, at the moment, uh, it's, it's pretty disastrous there. But there are mitigating factors in that as well. So it's something for the club to review. It's something for us to keep an eye on. And basically, they've all got to do better. They've all got to up their game. Holden, Ashton, everybody at the club. It's not good enough. No. So, yeah. I just feel like the fans deserve more answers as well. You know, we did finally hear off off Mark Ashton in the end. But, you know, if you're a Bristol City fan paying your £10 a week at the moment to watch an eye follow, then they do deserve um, Absolutely. more answers. I, yeah, just on, on on the medical situation, for example, I, I'm not sure how much you keep an eye on the rugby, Michelle, but Bristol Bears announced the other day that Semi Rajada, their big signing, is out for, until April with... with um, He's pulled. He's got an injury. Basically, he's picked up, but he's being assessed. At, I believe the Jonathan Webb Clinic, which is in Bristol. Now, if you remember, Mark Ashton explained recently that players from Bristol City are having scans in Solihull, mm-hmm. which is a long I, way away. I don't away. understand that. Yeah, I, I saw that. that it just doesn't so figure. That, that that doesn't make too much sense. So, yeah, can they do better there? Is there something for them to to look it's just at? Weird. It like, sounds like it. Is there some sort of? Uh, we, I have no idea. Pure. Um, guesswork, but why? What is it? Why would they be going to Sully Hull? Like, is there not someone in Bristol that could be sorting them out? And that just adds to things and, and travel and all these little marginal gains, as Lee Johnson used to say. They're important. Um, just before, exactly. Just before just, we just, go, just, go on. Oh, I just wanted to add on that. Just at the same time, I do know from doing a bit of digging on it that it, you have to factor in the, the provision of medical services at the moment 
obviously is very tied up with with covid related stuff so that is, that is one factor in there just to be fair to, to everybody but at the same time you're right you're right it's these marginal things they do make a difference uh, just before we go quickly any update on Famara's Yuzu's contract situation nothing <laughs> nothing <laughs> I've heard nothing I've heard I, I, I think last time we discussed it my my understanding is um, that basically that yeah he's going to have a big decision to make in the summer if, if all things are equal he'll stay at Bristol City because he wants to stay at Bristol City however I do think well I do know that Middlesbrough are interested it's been suggested that they might even be in the lead at the moment for his signature in terms of maybe um, uh, promising uh, a slightly better contract offer but we'll we'll wait and see there's a long time to go before the summer alright Gregor as always thanks so much uh, enjoy your week on the road and we'll catch up with you next week as always thank you for listening Robins at the Gate Proudly sponsored by Mansion Bet, your favourite place to bet. Always bet on red with Mansion Bet. 18 plus, be gambler aware. Please subscribe and review us wherever you get your podcasts.